30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm your host, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the Nerdy South, Tyler Mack, and joined, of course, by the phenomenal co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the, the serious black to my James Potter, the, the Professor Lupin to my serious black. The juice is loose, people. He's freshly squeezed. He's coming off of a day off of work, so he's fresh. He's recharged. He <laughs> is the doctor of Nerdonomics, Dr. Davis. What's up, Doc? Oh, my goodness. You know, you didn't have to say all that stuff, but you did. I and did. it just meant so much. It was lovely. <laughs> a day off. Celebrating President's Day the right yeah. way. We're not working. <laughs> yeah, just the the way they intended it. Yes, I'm sure if you were to, to 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 talk about it with Abe Lincoln and George Washington, they would say, "You know what? You should take a day off of work to celebrate our birthdays, especially if you're in education. Especially if you're in education." And Abe Lincoln would be like, "I was once a lawyer." <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I do know something about education. Let me give you an education. Don't sit in the front row of the balcony. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that much. That's oh free. You can keep that. So, how is uh, how was your day off? How's how's life? How's work? Stuff like that. Oh, you know, can't complain, man. Just it. The day off uh, went by really fast. You know, it was just sort of. Day at home with, with the baby and um, just kind of relaxing. And that was about it. Very low key, very low key. But tomorrow we uh, have parent teacher conferences until mm-hmm. pretty good time into the evening. So uh, jumping back in and having a big long day tomorrow. So it is what it is. How's it going for you? First PTCs of the, the new semester? Uh, yes, that is correct. Not Usually we only have one, so probably the one, one and only. Say, you know what? Your kid's being rude. He talks a lot. He's not turning in his work. 
a chance for you to say, you know what, Uncle Buck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you can't well, actually, what typically happens, uh, for those who don't know, at a parent-teacher conference, you get the parents of the kids you don't really need to see. It's like, yeah, your kid's great. Uh, you, you probably know that. Here's more affirmation of that. Your kid's awesome. Uh, but the kids, you know, where we really need to speak to someone, hard to, hard to get those folks there sometimes. So, you know, that's usually how it goes. But, hey, it's still a, a fun time. Always happy to meet the parents either way. But, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't. Well, you know, life has been pretty uh, pretty same old, same old work. Uh, had rehearsal tonight, and I am already very sore. Uh, and our dear friend Uncle Buck will probably attest to the same thing. We did uh, some physicality tonight, just working on stance, uh, exercising, stretching, getting your arms strong enough, you know, working all that stuff. I am already sore. I can't imagine what I'm going to feel like in the morning when I wake up. Um, so you're getting like full fencing training, right? Full on stage combat, full training, like this position yeah. and 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 yeah. advance and yeah. all that stuff. So those well, that will pretty that. much be our first three weeks of rehearsal. Will be the physicality stuff, and I'm like, I am not in shape enough to just dive right into stuff. it. Oh yeah, I did. I went through that like 10, 11 years ago. Uh, one of the guys that was like the inspiration for this, Mark, he yeah. actually trained me. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember it's really hard, very physical stuff. And at the same time, we had a ballet sequence. This yeah. wasn't Romeo and Juliet. We had a ballet sequence and our, uh, our choreographer, she's uh, Vietnamese and she's like very serious, you know, yeah. and she stretched us out too. Like I was in great shape when we did Romeo and Juliet from all the fencing and the dancing and stuff. So I remember those days. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it because it will kind of whip, whip me back into the shape that the last few months has gotten me out of. And I say that, but as we were, we were getting set up to record, I was pounding a pow burger so I'm not really doing what you should do after uh, a strenuous physical night at rehearsal. Eating a pal burger at 930 at night is not the thing you should do. Uh, but uh, that was my last one. I had to have one last pal burger before, you know. Only just one. Taking it serious. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed it. I mean, learning like the dodges the the move names the fact that it's all in phrases like it, there's going to be so much that we have to tackle before we even get to memorizing lines and as i said i do shows now only if i feel i am going to be tested and learn a new skill and yet again i'm going to be learning something new and this is a whole new ball game for me like I'm used to, okay, maybe before we get to lines, we'll get to choreo or some dances, some songs. But like the first few weeks, no, we are learning everything with your arm before we even put a sword in your hand. Yep. And even when we get to those, you're going to go at like 10% speed. And I'm like, there's going to be so many layers to this. 
that it'll challenge me in a way I've never been challenged before. And that's what I wanted. So I'm not complaining. I'm just, you know, prepping you all for when I do start complaining for you to say you wanted to do it. (laughs) I can't wait to get to really into it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, The script's great. I can't wait to get, and he's got a whole nother version. Like he's already been working on edits and all that. As I said, this is going to be a living, breathing thing over the next few weeks. Changes will be made, stuff like that. Like lines will be changed after seeing it on its feet. And so he's already working on the next cut of the script that will be in our hands. That is nothing like the one I just spent three days highlighting. So I'll get to do that again. (laughs) Um, uh, But also uh, I did get a chance to go see the end of the rainbow that Encore is putting on. And that is a traumatizing show, my friend. Oh yeah. Last year of her life of Judy Garland's life. Judy Garland's last few days weren't pretty. Uh, They were not. She and the way that Wendy is, it's like you're watching Judy Garland on stage. Um, Mm -hmm. Wendy, who uh, is a a professional, uh, I guess you would call celebrity celebrity impersonator. She's Dolly, Reba, Cher, all those. She's traveled all over the world doing it, um, perfected it. And her her Judy Garland is scary, um, especially. those last few days of her life and Maddie leaned over and she went, I did not know that she lost that much of her mind. I said, Oh yeah. There's recordings out there of her just, you know, going off about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Really it's sad. very sad. The cast was great. Um, congratulations. Uh, great. Another great show. Another great performance to encore. Uh, obviously one of our, uh, Amazing sponsors. I actually contributed to the show. I'm proud to say the bench by the piano. That is my <laughs> piano bench. <laughs> my piano bench. Yes, they needed that uh, last minute. They uh, needed a new piano yeah. bench. And I was like, oh, why? I have a piano bench. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it's like to need something like that at the last minute. So, yeah, every little bit helps. Um, uh, the space is nice. It's massive <laughs> yes uh, when i took the piano bench over there uh the our current artistic director dennis he gave me a little tour uh showed me you know plans for everything and kind of filled me in on everything so it's you know future is very bright for encore a lot of great things happening uh, i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah so much room for activities so much room <laughs> right i i was really happy with uh the last week's episode um Scott Pilgrim was what we discussed. I know you were really happy to finally get to do it. Um, I learned a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I I failed to mention one of the best Easter eggs in the whole thing. It's super obvious and it's right in front of your face, but so many people miss it. Young Neil. Say his name backwards. Yeah. Neil Young. You know, Young Neil. That one took me a long time, actually. And I was like, Duh, of course. I went back and watched it after we recorded the episode again, and it's just such an enjoyable movie. Um, and I, I, I paid special attention to Wallace this time around and all of his little things. And one thing I failed to mention is when they're at one of the concert, the bands, and uh, he winds up taking another one of the boyfriends. She turns around. She's like, 
damn it, Wallace, again. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I hope you all enjoyed it this week. This episode, we are going to be doing something for the first time ever. Uh, Hopefully it uh, comes out fun. Hopefully we enjoy doing it and hopefully you enjoy listening to it. It's going to. It's going to be about Dreamcasting our Marauders show. If if we were given full reins and the ability to pick actors and actresses and put them in the roles at the age that they should play them, right? We're the marionettes. And any time period, right? Like we can yes. take any person from any time period yes. at any age, right? No, yes. no parameters. No parameters. Free reign, fantasy booking, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So we are booking the HBO Max exclusive Marauder show. Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. I have changed my mind more times for my cast list than I have getting dressed in the morning. Um, so I'm interested to see each other's and hear each other's casting. Yeah, I've I've made a few adjustments myself, you know. Uh, we'll we'll see. I've I've got to be honest. I feel like some of mine is a little silly. Like <laughs> this would almost be like the parody comedy version of the Marauders or something sometimes. <laughs> but it's going to be fun either way. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, but before we get to all that, we're going to talk a little bit about current events, some stuff going on. One thing I wanted to talk about is I don't know if you saw this, but this past week and they announced a bunch of video game based movies and TVs that are in TV shows that are in development. And it's uh, quite a I, saw the announcement. I didn't, I didn't look into it, but I did see the announcement. So I'm going to name some of these. I'm going to go through these lists. These are the movies in development. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two, which we knew about. Yep. The untitled Mario movie. Minecraft. This, wait, 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 wait. This is the one with like uh Chris Owens and stuff, right? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh a Minecraft movie. Don't know how they do that. Tomb Raider 2. Pokemon Ooh. Detective Pikachu 2. I'm in for that. Borderlands. I'm in. Bioshock. Yes, please. Disgust. Yakuza. Mega Man, okay. Beyond Good and Evil, Didn't good play. idea. I did. Metal Gear Solid, Just Cause, Gears of War, Call of Duty, Half Life. This one I'm really interested in. Portal, uh, Firewatch, The Division, Five Nights at Freddy's. Which is a terrifying game, apparently. Just yeah. Dance and Dragon's Lair. Just Dance the movie. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> the TV shows in development, of course, some of these we knew about. The Last of Us, um, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, uh, an Untitled Knuckles series. Ooh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. A TV show. <laughs> they had to fix it. <laughs> yeah terrible movie there's so much they could do with that so you know hopefully this time they get it right well just the source material alone like those first three games and even black flag like the desmond storyline's phenomenal like oh yeah 
just give us that storyline in a TV show, and it's great. I agree. Arcane Season 2, The Witcher Season 3, Blood Origin, a live-action Pokemon series. Fallout? Yes. And Mass Effect? That'll be huge. Fallout, Mass Effect, Castlevania, Resident Evil, Sonic Prime? Splinter Cell? which I was a huge fan of those video games. I really liked the Splinter Cell video games. Um, but so much, man. I mean, and but when I look at this list, I see also so much potential for failure. <laughs> because we That's all, what I was know, <laughs> we yeah. all video games to other IPs don't work out a lot. Yep. I was having the same exact thoughts, like so much potential, yet so much potential for failure and disappointment as well you know tomb raider that's i didn't even see the most recent live action tomb raider thing they did uh but i didn't hear that it was anything you know super spectacular i love all the games so angelina jolie is laura croft we grew up with those movies so you know it's kind of hard to compare like once you've seen it brought to life in live action like anything after that is going to be hard to to sell us on because they were pretty good it, by my memory. Yeah, you know? at the time, especially the first one, I really liked yeah. it. I was all in. Um, so the next little thing I wanted to talk about, see if you saw this uh this yet other confusing thing coming out of DC. New images of the updated Michael Keaton Batman. And some set pictures from Batgirl. J.K. Simmons, Commissioner Gordon, <gasps> going to be the Commissioner Gordon in those movies. So okay. Snyder's Commissioner Gordon is going to be in moving forward in Batgirl and other Keaton Batman projects. So, <laughs> oh, okay, what they, they don't say multiverse in DC, do they? Not yet. They haven't. It's what? Earth. So many Earths. Okay. Well, basically a multiverse, though. So yes. you know, in a multiverse, anything is possible. So it is. I'm just afraid that people will be like, "Wait, wait, wait." He was Batflex Commissioner Gordon. What's he doing over here in this world? Multiverse. Multiverse. So a little more Batman. Uh, already a big congratulations. Next weekend, we're making the trek to Chattanooga. We're going to watch the Batman. I'm very excited for it. Um, so the Batman, the one coming out, is officially been labeled an AMC artisan film, which is a movie that gets the, uh, the seal is an artist-driven, thought-provoking movie that advances the art of filmmaking. The only other comic book movie film to receive this was 2019's Joker. Yeah. Okay. So that's got me even more excited. All right. Yeah, that's intriguing for sure. Uh, I really hope that you like it. It's hard for me to hate a Batman story. I might come out later and be like, now I've seen it three times. Here's what I need to critique. I've never given anything 10 out of 10. So that's just me personally. Uh, I hope I at least come out saying it's an eight or a nine. 
know. Um, well, I just remember how Dead said against uh, ben Robert Pattinson. I was. So I was. I was. I hope he can at least uh, be adequate for you. I think it will, and I think my my mentality definitely changed after that first teaser came out. The one with uh, Nirvana playing. I was like, okay, uh, I'm here for it. Okay. Speaking of some more DC, uh, we um, have a big merger happening still, and it got approved, the merger between Discover and Warner Media and Discovery or Discover whatever is is kind of pretty much absorbing. It's not really a merger. It's an absorption. Their big wigs are going to be the big wigs of this now. So word coming out of it is this is going to push some of the very anti-Snyder suits out of the company. Um, I know that the head honcho in charge of Discover before the merger was even approved has been very vocal about the mistreatment of Snyder and his Snyder verse. So if you are a Snyderverse fan and some of you all are extremely annoying with restoring the Snyderverse, I'm a fan of it. I think we should, but some of y'all are just evil. <laughs> um, this is a possibly good news for you personally. This might bring Zack Snyder and his Snyderverse back to DC. It could. It could be a good thing, but it looks like the first two that will possibly be leaving is Jason Kalar and Ann Sarnoff, which are two very, I'm not going to say anti-Snyder, but they were, they had a lot of hand in the mismanagement of them. What, what I'm failing to understand in this whole thing is what reason anyone has for being anti-Snyder. What, why, why is that even a thing? Do we know why? Uh, no. Um, I think there was some subtle, uh, some subtle negativity, even though he left for a family reason, his daughter did die. Yeah. I think at a business standpoint, they just were upset with it, with the way everything happened with Justice League. I don't know. As I've said, you know, I'm, I'm pro everyone having their dream realized, even David Ayer getting his air cut of the Suicide Squad that was not so good. Um, you know what? Let's see it realized. Let's just let everyone see their dreams realized. And plus, with it being DC, and as we've said about Marvel, is if there's a multiverse in existence, you can have them all. You can have them all. Let's have them all. Let's have any some. combination you want. Yeah, let's just do it. I mean, at the end of the day, these are fictional movies. So <laughs> let's just do it. Um, you're going to get my money either way. You're going to get more of my money if I have more to watch so there you go do it speaking of dc uh we got a pacemaker what'd you think as a, as a as a finale and as a full series where where are we at they've already been renewed for season two so that's great mm-hmm. i'm a fan I, I am too that finale was great yeah. and the uh the closing moments uh the the cameos we got were fantastic and such yeah. a I love when it's a shock to you. 
when there's no nothing was bubbling about like oh Momoa and Miller are going to be in a cut, cut scene afterwards like nobody was talking about that and they just showed up um there was a little bit of backlash uh initially with like Aquaman dropping the f-bomb I'm like Dude, I am here for that why wouldn't he give me that gritty Momoa Aquaman saying the F-bomb. <laughs> Why would he not say it? I mean, he's he's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, this is a more edgy... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the th- biggest things that people were a little unhappy with, especially DC Nazi fans, which, sir, I have no time for that, uh, kind of negativity is the silhouettes of Superman and Wonder Woman as opposed to their actor and actress. Good grief. Um, but James Gunn did come out with a statement saying there are reasons for it. I'm uncertain at the time whether I can say what those reasons are. It might hint have to do with future stuff. I trust James Gunn. <laughs> As you should, uh, as we all should. If he's saying, you know, like, don't be angry, there's reasons, just be patient. I enjoyed it. I thought Cena delivered in this show. Uh, I think he has found his his part. You know, like, they're like, oh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, RDJ, Iron Man. I think Cena has found yeah. his part that's like, oh, how have we never thought about Cena for Peacemaker? Um, I enjoyed it. I can't wait for season two. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, especially if they keep bringing like the gore and the action and the the potty mouths and just the and more vigilante. As long as I get more vigilante, I'll be happy. Love vigilante. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, I want uh, Adebayo to come back too. Danielle Brooks. Yeah, I want to get her back. Yeah. I liked that whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, really liked the whole, uh, you know, Amanda Waller connection, Bala Davis coming back for it. I'm always a fan of anything she's doing. Um, the whole storyline with the Peacemaker and his dad and him kind of being haunted by the dad in the end. I'm digging that. I'm here for that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to whatever comes next. And also, like, how are they going to top the uh, opening credits? for season two <laughs> you know can't use the same one you gotta do something yeah. else yeah or maybe use the same song but a different dance with a different cast i don't know yeah but i'm sure it'll be something great i'm sure it'll be something different james yeah. gun's all, all about you know changing That's it up so exactly. he'll change it up but yeah man i mean a lot of great dc stuff uh, and the last little bit big announcement here we finally got a date for stranger things season four yeah, and it's going to be two volumes, right? Yeah. And then we're going to get another season after that, and that'll be the last one. That yeah. was pretty much confirmed, right? Yeah. Season five will be it. And we kind of said that when we were doing our first uh, Stranger Things season one recap type thing that we were doing for this show. We said, I, you know, past four or five seasons, you don't have to go past that. Give us four or five really quality stuff you don't want to overstay your welcome i could see it being a five season arc done and that looks like that's what we're going with so and i'm 
for all those kids to move on to bigger and better yeah. things, you know, because I think there's a, a really bright future for all of those kids. Absolutely. Every, you know, I'm looking forward to, to whatever comes next for them. Hopefully some of them will get snagged for the uh, MCU or the DCU, you know, either way, but. Or maybe we'll finally get Millie Bobby Brown as a young Princess Leia. I would love to have her as a young <laughs> Princess Leia. That is just like a golden opportunity. Let's take it. Let's let's go for it. We need to sign a petition or something. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> we'll roll it. So, yes, Volume 1 will debut on May 27th, followed up by Volume 2 on July 1st. Now, that says so much that they're doing two volumes, and that's because the – the amazing Matt and Ross have basically said there's so much, like it's twice the size of any of the other seasons. So we had to, we filmed so much content and we put so much of a bigger story. This is like two movies pretty much that we're giving you, which is why we had to get with Netflix and say, we're going to have to do this in two volumes. So that says a lot. And if this is just season four leading us up to the final fifth season, I can't imagine where we're going with it. We yeah. know Robert England joined the cast for this season. Oh, I oh, forgot about that. Yes. Like we've been talking about Stranger Things season four for two seasons of 30 and nerdy pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. I'm excited. Um, I trust Matt and Ross. And once Stranger Things is over, I can't wait to see what they go on to do. Oh, for sure. Bring them into comic book movies, into Star Wars, into yeah. you know, more of the Duffers, into our more nerd culture. Um, and along with that, you know, we also get uh, season three of Umbrella Academy coming pretty soon, too. Season three of The Boys. I mean, so much is coming. And this whole year is jam packed. That's just straight up. Jobs security for your 30 and nerdy podcast hosts. Uh, <laughs> as they keep doing it, we're going to keep talking about it. Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. Now I'm JVD. We're your host of the Fictional Battle Podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on thebuildsman.com. One thing that we've been doing here in uh, this this month of February is uh, we've been doing a special segment each episode celebrating heroes of color. And I know I say it every, every episode, but it's not just a month for us, uh, for Juice and myself. We celebrate all people of all backgrounds every single day. Uh, and it should be that way in life, um, just celebrating humanity every day instead of certain months or certain weeks. Um, so I did. I went first last week. How about you hit us with your your Marvel pick, uh, Hero of Color? All right, I'll, I'll uh, go first. My pick for this week is Miles Gonzalo Morales. Uh, so. His dad is African-American and his mom is Puerto Rican. So he's a biracial hero. Um, he, his first appearance was in Ultimate Fallout number four in August 2011. He was created by Brian Michael Bendis and artist Sarah Pacelli. Um, now, when he first kind of debuted as the second Spider-Man, this, this was after the death of uh, Peter Parker 
He takes up the mantle as the new Spider-Man. There was some outrage. There was some pushback. You know, certain certain uh, media outlets said, oh, well, this is an attempt by Marvel Comics to be politically correct and, and to change Spider-Man and all this stuff. But no, it's not like that. It's a fictional character, guys, and representation is a good thing, and characters change and evolve. It's okay. It's all worked out for the best. So Miles is basically the same as Spider-Man. He has all the same powers, but a few extra things. He's got camouflage. He can go invisible. He's got bioelectric energy threads that are produced from his fingers. Um, and he's just really cool. Um, Miles, we know, was the star of the End of the Spider-Verse movie, which was a huge hit. We're going to get a sequel that, you know, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's right up there like 1A, 1B with uh, No Way Home for me as far as Spider-Man movies go. So um, I have a whole love and appreciation for Miles just because of that movie. He's had his own video game that was the sequel to the hit PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game. Um, so, yeah, all kinds of great things for Miles. Now, we haven't had Miles in the MCU. No. But speaking of dream casting and stuff, who would be a good Miles Morales? Now, my first thought, of course, is like Caleb McLaughlin from – that gummit. But knowing Marvel, I feel like they're going to want to go for someone who is actually biracial. Yes. So I don't know what, I don't know which actors that would apply to, you know. I had this mental list a while back of who could play Miles Morales after we, you and I sat down and watched. Uh, into the Spider-Verse. Well, I just typed in um, Black and Puerto Rican actors, like biracial actors, and there's a whole list here, but unfortunately, I don't really know any of them. So, um, I don't I feel like that's the route that, that they would go, don't you? I but don't if not, know if he's full biracial, but the kid playing uh, Will Smith's character in the new Prince. he's phenomenal i mean we we've watched what episodes are out right now and first off not for children <laughs> not like yeah. for us it's not a 90s young adult kids show it's it's definitely like older high school college age you know it's pg-13 easily uh, i started I the I started the first one and then I, I had to turn it off for whatever reason. I haven't picked it back up, but uh, I'm very interested in, in watching it. So you're saying it's worth a watch? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I know that some people have name dropped like uh, Will's son, Jaden, to play Miles, but I think that's just too big, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, Will he do it? He'd be great. He'd be great, but yeah. I kind of, and that's another reason that I would probably lean away from Caleb McLaughlin is he's established. And, you know, Marvel has this this way of rebooting careers slash reimagining careers. Like, before Guardians of the Galaxy, we thought Chris Pratt would only ever be his character from Parks and Rec, and he'd be stuck in this comedy chubby role for the rest of his life. 
But because of Marvel, Chris Pratt was completely reimagined and taken more serious. One of the biggest action movie stars yeah. on the face of the planet right now. You know? Probably definitely on track to reboot Indiana Jones after this last one. Um, yeah. He's always been my casting to play Indy whenever they're ready to reboot it. Um, did you, you watched the newer it? I did. Chosen Jacobs. He's the younger version the kid who the you know his his uh, his uncle makes him kill a goat at the beginning and his his or his grandfather or somebody he's a he works on a farm. Oh, okay. I mean, he's I already see. like twenty one. Twenty. He's twenty. Twenty. So he might be a little too old on the cusp. He could probably play it, honestly. It. But um, he's probably been one of my front runners uh, behind Caleb McLaughlin to play Miles Morales played mike and it ever since seeing it i've thought okay he could do miles morales he definitely could but it's been it's it's been one that's hard for me to like sit down and want to dreamcast because it's just into the spider verse alone was so good yeah his voice acting (laughs) like can we just get him (laughs) i kind of want to just get him to do it i was thinking that too um I don't know how old that guy is. Shamik Moore? Is that who says? I can't pronounce his name. He's 26. Ooh. Because Miles needs to be like, what, late high school? I mean, his first appearance, he was like 13. But um, obviously, they're not going to do that. So, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting because it's um, it's more of a matter of when than if Miles Morales shows up in the live action world. And they're probably not even considering any mainstreamers we're name dropping. They've probably got people lined up right now auditioning for the part that we don't even know of. So, oh, yeah, um, that's just the way they roll. Um, but definitely a good choice. Miles Morales is a great one to to celebrate. Uh, mine, we got one more, right? After this? Yes. Yes. Okay. So mine is Victory Stone. Victor Stone, a.k.a. Cyborg from the DC Universe. This character was created by writer Marv Wolfman and artist George Perez and first appears in an insert preview in DC Comics Presents number 26 in 1980. Originally known as a member of the Teen Titans, Cyborg was established as a founding member of the Justice League in DC's 2011 reboot of its comic book titles. So... He was pretty much created by the mother box. Anytime a mother box storyline is comes into play, Cyborg is at the front forefront because he was this all-star quarterback. Um, the team he plays for varies. Sometimes he's been playing for Gotham. Sometimes it's Metropolis. Sometimes it's a Keystone City. But without that being said, he's an all-star quarterback. He's obviously got a bright future ahead of him in – college and the pros but his father and his relationship are terrible his father believes that he should be sticking to the books and these athletic stuff was just a a pipe dream because at the end of the day his father's a nerd mistreating a jock (laughs) 
<laughs> which is very rare to see. Revenge. <laughs> um, his dad, uh, Silas Stone, is always, no matter what comic, what show, what movie, a head honcho at Star Labs. He is one of the brightest minds at Star Labs. He does a lot for them. And he gets involved with the mother box. And Victor al- always gets in an accident. It's kind of like, you know, like, what no matter what the origin is, if it's a Spider-Man movie, an uncle has to die, you know, right. <laughs> the sacrifice. Victor always gets in an accident. That's pretty much the given. And the mother box is in the room. Sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes his father just straight up tries to use the mother box to save Victor. And it always turns him into this half man, most machine, some man, not even half and half. Uh, The mother box is one of the smartest all-knowing entities in the DC universe, and it's assimilated with Victor. So he becomes cyborg. Um, Some of his ability is genius level intellect. He can understand and speak any language of earth or not. Uh, He can speak computer, which I guess is a language binary, maybe Uh, his cybernetic enhancements, Grant him superhuman strength, speed, stamina, endurance, and durability. He has advanced sensory systems and scanners, inbuilt weaponry, including sonic cannons, flight, technopathy, so he can communicate with technology, whether it's a microwave or the biggest computer in the country. He can communicate with it, make it do what it what his will. I I love Cyborg for a few reasons. One, because it's a haunting story, no matter if you read it or you see it play out. And that's one story that I think Snyder did so well was the the Cyborg story. Yes. It was beautiful. It was probably my favorite part of Snyder's cut was all the stuff about Cyborg and yeah getting in touch with himself, knowing he's enough, knowing he's not alone, that there is still more, there is enough human in him than machine to be who he is. Um, It was, it was great. Uh, That was probably now, now watching Snyder's and seeing all of the cyborg stuff that was initially cut from Whedon made me despise the Whedon cut even more because I was like, why would you cut all that? Unless yeah. there was ulterior motives. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. And I mean, at this point, do people even, do people even count the, no. the, the, uh, the theatrical release version as anything now? Like the Snyder Cut is the way to go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so whether they like it or not, like their whole timeline and everything that they were trying to establish, whether they like it or not, the fans buy into the Snyderverse. Yes. Yeah, he made his live action debut in the television series Smallville, played by Lee Thompson, young uh, and Ray Fisher portrayed him in the live action films that we have seen. Uh, I love Cyborg. One of my favorite Cyborg is from Young Justice. I love the Cyborg in Young Justice. And I also thoroughly enjoy the Cyborg in uh, the Titans movies, the live the ones that, you know, like titans versus the justice league and titans judas contract Mm. that cyborg's really good too but yeah that's my my hero of color that i want to celebrate and for this episode and that's cyborg 
Uh, if you haven't really dove into his stuff, I highly recommend it. Read some of his comics. Uh, go back and watch Justice League, Young Justice, stuff like that, and you'll get a lot of Cyborg. It's great. And so next next week will be the big finale on this segment, right? Yes. And so I'm going to go big on the next one. Big. Yeah. Um, and then we'll be into March, and we will be celebrating uh, the women of the ner- of the nerdiverse and nerd culture. And let's get to a nerd vocabulary word before we take a quick break. I want to go ahead and get this nerd cab. I've been waiting to do this one for a while. And I feel like I say that a lot. Like I've been waiting to do this one. Um, and I think I started giggling about this one at the end of season three, saying, "There's one that I've been waiting. I've been waiting to use, and this is where I'm going to use it." Okay. <clears throat> a nilf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please a, tell me more. It's a nerd I'd like to friend. <laughs> of so course, I'm, that's what we're nilfs, you know. Oh, I would think so. We're nerds that you should definitely want to be friends with us. Uh, but that's that's the nerd vocabulary word I wanted to use for so long. And I'm like, where am I going to put it? Where am I going to put it? And we started getting so at the end of season three, like themed, you know, like certain series and months and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, I'll throw it in season four somewhere. So this is it. Nilf. Your moment came. Was it everything you hoped it would be? No, it's kind of underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> you built it up so much, and then it was all shot down. Well, yeah. I think it's a great word. I like it. Definitely one that I will use on a daily basis. Point, <laughs> um, I'm still waiting for those people to like answer and like send us videos of you using it in your daily life whenever you hear a nerd word from the show. Like send us TikToks and videos on social media and stuff like that. Like even if it's like something funny as like you being around your parents saying like, Oh man, that's a real nilf. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't know. I'd like to don't. formally apologize to uncle Buck. <laughs> if his child ever uses that word, it was Josh. Josh made me do it. Um, oh. <laughs> But we are going to take a quick break. We're going to step away for a small intermission. And when we come back, we are Dreamcasting the Marauders, uh, a show that would be set in the Harry Potter universe and take place before the events of Harry Potter. So stick around. More 30 and Nerdy podcast when we return. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee. Without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey state of Tennessee 
with our salted caramel 60 proof whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. It's a new year, and that means a new season of great shows at Encore Theatrical Company. They're kicking off their sweet 16th season in a big way with End of the Rainbow by Peter Quilter, which is a musical drama that focuses on Judy Garland and the months leading up to her death in 1969. This production will run February 18th to the 27th at Encore's new home at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail, right here in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or information about season tickets for the entire year, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts, and if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too, because it's not just theater, it's Encore. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. Uh, we are doing something a little different here. We are going to dreamcast the Marauders. Uh, there are probably quite a few differences in our cast list, uh, a few different uh, steps that we would take probably on how we would produce it. Um, I'm interested first to know how you would produce it. There's always the possibility of, you know, the Wizarding World's very successful in movies. Uh, the originals, obviously, and the Fantastic Beasts, which we're about to get the third and final installment of that. What's kind of cool about what we're doing here is that, like, we're casting roles that, like, some people have passed away. Yeah. Um, some people, like, we're doing different ages and stuff. Like, we're really playing, like, this is like full-on fantasy booking fan fantasy casting and we used to do stuff like this all the time back in the day just like in the car like oh yeah who are you gonna play as this and that and whatever and we used to be from the way i remember it we were really good at that game. oh yeah um and i feel like i struggled a little bit on this one so some parts of my list i feel like are kind of meh uh but i got some cool ideas here and there and some of it is like so off genre like it's like the comedy central version of Harry Potter is what some of my list is. But, you know, you'll see what I mean when we get there. Before we even move on to that, okay, it's sort of on topic. Okay, did anyone tell me that Dan Radcliffe is playing Weird Al? Like, is this common knowledge or am I in another dimension or Have something? we not talked about this? Not that I know of. Not on here, but I swear we talked about it. I have if, okay could be and it's you know one of those things is eh, whatever but they just released like a picture of it like today yeah. and I was like what is this 
anyway, just wanted to throw that up. Speaking well, of like can, can sing and rap. So yeah, he's got some rhythm and he's got that like awkward nerdiness to him too. Yeah. Um, that especially like when you try to hear him do an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's perfect. This will be Was great. It Jimmy Fallon that he did that Dan did that alphabetic rap. He's like starts at A. Yeah. He did that in American accent. It was really it felt weird out. It felt very weird. What's impressive about Daniel Radcliffe is that obviously he's forever going to be known as Harry Potter, but like he's been able to do all these other things that he's like also going to be associated with, you know, it's, it's, it's quite different than when someone's like, that's their role. They like Mark Hamill, you know, other than the Joker, what's the guy? It's just Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I think that he's done well, but like, Sadly, like even though he did well and Woman in Black, the reboot with him and it was good and scary. It was good and scary. I still saw Harry because it was not that far removed from the last movie that he did, Woman in Black. The further we get away from it, though, like he did that one crazy movie where he had the pistols bolted to his hands. That was crazy. Uh, Harry, Harry, uh uh, I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking about. Pretty sure he did a really weird movie where he was like a Swiss Army man too. We like in the end, yeah, he was like a dead body. It was the weirdest thing. He's done yeah. some odd stuff. I am excited to to somewhat be in the world of Harry Potter and get to kind of build this world that we can see and can conceive in our minds. I mean, we've always, like you said, we used to sit around and. And BS, you know, if, if we were to control this, if we were to reboot this, blah, 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 who would you cast uh, if this didn't exist? You know, um, the Marauders idea, though, kind of spawned off at work. Sometimes we like to play games like if a song comes on our playlist, best use in a movie. We'll play that. Uh, I think it was Mallory at work said prequel Harry Potter series about his father and his friends, who do you cast? And we just sat around and kind of threw around names. We didn't actually sit down and write. And then that kind of spawned into, okay, you get to build your own Disney villain universe. Who do you cast? Live action, you know? And then I started to think more about that Marauders thing. I was like, that would be fun to do with Josh. I was like, I would really like to do that as an episode. And so I just started throwing around the idea of like, you know, how would you do it? You know, and I didn't want to get too far and like have the fan fiction already written before we even discuss it. Um, and sadly, I did, you know, it's not an original idea. I uh, I did search to find out someone's name. Uh, I found that there are thousands of these Marauders fan castings out oh, there. Good thing um, I didn't. Yeah. I, I so thought about Googling, yeah. but I thought that would be cheating, I tried so I didn't do it. Google someone's name because I can't say it, and you'll know. I'll tell you when we get to it. And she popped up as as someone's fan casting for a part. It's a different part than I have her as, but I was like, oh my god! Then I went down the rabbit hole of fan fiction of people actually have published digital works of like the Marauder years. I didn't really see much like. 
face casting, like who they've casted, but mm-hmm. I'm saying like dialogue. Like there you I know that there's there's like endless fan fiction of yes. Harry Potter out there. Yeah. Right. Like endless, endless, endless of any type of genre and situation mm-hmm. you could possibly think of. Because I've seen some of it myself. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of going that route. So I'm sure that yeah, it, it makes sense for there to be lots of versions of basically what we're doing here. So, but as far as the story goes. What's your story? My story is it would pick up. So I would want Lucius involved. And I think he's like four years older than James and Lily. So I guess he would be a fifth year. So it would be like James and Lily in their first year. And some of the people surrounding them. Now, some of the characters I have cast are a little younger, if not a little older than Lily and James. So they'll be, pl- they would be placed where they are. So like Regulus Black wouldn't really come into play until he gets to Hogwarts. Cause he's like three years younger than Sirius, I think three or four. So some of these characters wouldn't come in until like season three. Oh, season wait a minute. So wait, Re- Regulus is younger. I thought Regulus was the older brother. Regulus is younger. My younger He's brother. the one that like left the, one of the Horcruxes in the cave with all the... Yeah, he was a Death Eater and turned on Voldemort. He was a Death Eater turned good. But he was younger. Yes, he was younger. Well, that kind of changes things for me a little bit. We'll just cross that bridge. And he was... <laughs> but he was favored. They hated Sirius. His parents did. Uh, okay, well... Okay, um, well... I have been back and forth on whether I would do it in seasons or movies. So I just wrote down both. And uh, so I would do my, if I were to do it in seasons, it would be in seven seasons and 15 episodes. So more than like Mando and all them, but less than like a regular, like 20, 22 episode show. Uh, 45, 50 minutes, all on HBO Max. Um, but season seven would be done in two parts. However, I did think, you know what, just what would your movies be like? And I was like, okay, so let's think of it this way. The first one would obviously be called the Marauders. The second one would be called Miserous Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. The next one would be called the Death Eaters. The next one would be called the Dark Lord. And the last one would be called the Rise of the Phoenix. Okay. I, I don't know. I think it, honestly, this day and age, I would probably lean on, towards wanting it as a TV series. Me too. Yeah. I would do one, one series, one, one time. Like, I think you have to keep the seven. Like, that's the magic number, right? So, seven, like an hour mm-hmm. or a little more, maybe. Um, one limited series, one star studded mega series. And mine would sort of, you know, there would be a little mixture of the younger days and the current days, younger, meaning like the Hogwarts days, of course, and the, you know, the Marauders map and starting all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So we've got the Marauders theme there, but elements of that then kind of like foreshadowing the present day story, which would be the first wizarding war with Voldemort. Nice. 
And so the ending would be basically the whole deal about Voldemort going to the Potter's house, intertwining with the first yeah. story. I could see it like the very ending. Okay, go with me. The very ending, it's Godric's Hollow shows their house. The war, the big battles have been fought. Lily's in the nursery, and James is like walking up the steps or something. And here's that gate door open and just kind of stops like he heard something. And then you just hit, and then you hear him die, but you don't see him die. You just hear the Avada Kedavra. And you're, the final moments are like in the, the nursery with Lily, quoting that, you know, Harry, we love you. You are loved. You are so loved. And then just fades to black and then a flash of green and then the final credits. See, I wouldn't want to do it that way because I wouldn't want to end it on on a downer, even though we know that that's how their story ends. I think since we already know, you know, I would just yeah. leave it sort of suggesting that, like, you know, Voldemort's headed that way. We can sort of see that climax about to happen. But maybe it's like somebody at the same time, it's like cutting back and forth, telling us a story and like, oh, you know, in the end, we're going to win. It's, you know, some sort of lightheartedness to it, despite the you know because we know we've seen his parents die yeah. so many times do we have to see it again so i would just leave it like yeah we know we we've already seen it we can just imagine yeah and then try, try to end it on a brighter note if that's possible yeah. maybe that's end my- it, maybe end it with dumbledore talking or something yeah something like that you know maybe dumbledore's talking to minerva in the end They're like we're gonna we're talking win. to snape uh, oh even yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, so so you're telling me you've got like the same character, but you've got two or three different actors like for different ages? No, because um, okay, I was leaning towards the season aspect, really. And it would just see yeah, yeah, them yeah. growing between each season. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Um, so I would basically pluck all of these characters from obscurity from the timeline basically and put them in this show at the age they need to be pretty much and they would grow throughout the seasons kind of like we've seen with stranger things so i just sort of threw people in there and just said you know what imagine them at the right age no yeah (laughs) this person you know what i mean that's and that's pretty much Uh, what i'm saying like when we say james i'm going to say the the person of cast cast as james and be like you know they start out at the right age and we then understand okay yeah Yeah. okay shall we begin let's talk the marauders first those first four that you've got to have when you're talking the marauders um james potter sirius black remus lupin and peter pettigrew um Mm. so how do you want to do this do you want to like I say my James. You say if you it's someone different or similar, and then you'll why, say. Why, no, why don't we? Why don't we do four and four? Okay. And this is your your thing, so let's let you start, leaving me with the task of of trying to top it, which I don't think I'm going to be able to do for the record. <laughs> you've put, you've had a lot of thought that you put into this. Yes, I'm going so to actually start. start uh, 
shopping this around HBO Max and Prime and stuff. Sometimes like, our, our ideas get uh, conveniently out into the universe. Happen, so. <laughs> so Vince McMahon, if you're listening, you've been copying our crap for years now. <laughs> um, so my Marauders, James Potter would be Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay. Because I looked back and saw some younger photos before he was even like in kick-ass. And I was like, oh, he'd be good as James. Um, my serious black, I think I've been saying this for years. Robert Sheehan from Umbrella Academy. Klaus? Yeah, he's Klaus. Okay. I can see it. So Klaus from Umbrella Academy would be my serious black. Um, my Remus Lupin would be Andrew Garfield. Peter Pettigrew would be Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Is that the guy that played uh, uh, Grindelwald? No, no. The guy that was in Sweeney Todd also? Yeah. Uh, no, Jamie Bell. Uh, he just looks like a freaking Pettigrew. Uh, he, was, he was Billy and Billy Elliot. Jumper? Yes. He was Griffin. I, I I struggle to tell you oh, what you probably know him as, but I hate to mention was this. Wasn't he in X-Men? No, he was in that terrible Fantastic Four movie as Ben Grimm. Oh. Yes. yes yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, of course. Okay, okay, okay. Right, yes. I can see it. I think he also does that show... Uh, like turn or something like that took place in the revolutionary war about like yeah, that sounds something like that those are my marauders okay. so you had say one more time you had aaron taylor aaron johnson, taylor johnson. james yes you had um andrew garfield as lupin yes you had robert sheehan as serious klaus okay and then you had jamie bell as peter Pettigrew. yes <laughs> Okay, here's mine. <laughs> okay, so James Potter, I'm thinking he's got to be cool, right? He's got to be somebody that just exudes just cool. And we want to cheer for him. So I chose Tom Holland as my James Potter. Okay. Um, for Remus Lupin, this one's going to surprise you, I think. Freddie Stroma, who we now know as Vigilante on Peacemaker. He is British, he is by the British. way. Which you said we didn't have to follow that rule, but yeah. I just think he could do it. Now, wasn't he actually in Harry Potter? Wasn't he Cormac McClagan? He was McClagan. Okay, well, I'm switching him to this. <laughs> um, MCU can have people double up, so I can do it too. Uh, Sirius Black. I struggled with this one, but I feel like, you know, Sirius has got to have that mysterious, like, sexy vibe to him, you know? And when I thought about young actors who are supposed to fall under that, I can only think of one person, and that's Timothy Chalamet. Is that you okay. say his name? Yeah. The kid from Dune? Yeah. Um, so him. And then for Peter Pettigrew, uh, I chose Will Poulter. He's the guy who's going to be playing uh, Adam. Adam Warlock at yeah. MCU. He was in William like Miller's and Narnia and all kinds of stuff. So that's my getting paid. <laughs> I like those. Those are good. I especially like the Tom Holland. I think he could do it. 
Yeah, you know, I'm thinking if James is like the main hero, the main protagonist here, we're going to have him doing a lot of action stuff. Well, Tom Holland is like the biggest, baddest young guy for action movies right now. You know, he's he cool, he's good looking. We've seen him the in hair. Got all the things. So, we, you know, he can pull it off. I like that. I like that. I have mine broken up differently, like – my next series would be like the ladies, like the main ladies. Okay. And I have six main ladies. Now, when all this came up, I also started trying to remember some of the lore behind those days, like that were mentioned in the books and just like mentioned stories like of this person and that person. Um, so I'm going to name some people that you may not have. Okay. Uh, and that's fine. That's completely fine. Um, okay. So why don't you go first with Lily Evans? My Lily is going to be Sophie Turner. Hey. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I too have Sophie Turner. And if she didn't do it, uh, I didn't write this down, but it just hit me if she didn't do it. Uh, who was it that played the, the wildling who's married to Kit Harrington? What's her name? Yeah, I don't know her name. I, know you're talking about. I thought about her. I thought about her too. Yeah. But I think Sophie would just be chef's kiss. Yeah. Top notch. I agree. So did you do Patricia Rake pick? Yeah, I looked her up. She originated in a video game. In a video game, she's like best friends with the Marauders. I think she's supposed to be like a little older than them, and like she sort of was like maybe like something like a mentor. Mm -hmm. She kind of helped them with their shenanigans a little bit, is what I gathered. I didn't read her in a lot of great detail, but she seems to be like this redheaded, like fireball, very spunky. She worked at Gringotts or something as like a, a. she did help them with the curses there. And I think she was a teacher and then she went bad or something. She did. She did go bad, sadly. So who'd you cast? Karen uh, Gillian. Gillian. Good choice. Is that her name? Nebula. Gillian. Yeah, ne- Nebula. That's a good choice. I. How far did you get in Once Upon a Time? Did you make oh, it uh, Merda? Yeah, I did. That's I, I cast, I cast okay. her, Amy Manson, because she's fiery and Irish and feisty, and I could see okay. her being a little older, teaching the boys how to... Sure, sure, sure. Stuff like that. Did you do a Narcissa? Yes. Okay. I, I had two picks for this i couldn't quite narrow it down to which one i liked better uh i think i know which one i like better but you can help me pick so uh i went with mary elizabeth winstead or i'm gonna butcher her name mia wazikowska she played alice in the alice in wonderland live action okay one of those two See, I picked Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones. Ooh, good choice. She has the facial structure that Narcissa Mm -hmm. has. 
The first one that you mentioned, not Alice. Who was the first one? What was she in? Elizabeth Winstead. Ramona Flower. Ramona. Hmm. Would be good. Mm-hmm. Yes, she would also be really good. Because she too has that same kind of facial structure. And she just plays like serious very well, you know, just like mm-hmm. very straightforward, kind of cold and yeah. So did you include Bertha Jorkins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Bertha Jorkins from the book. She's the one that uh, was in like the beginning of the very last book. She was like floating above the table. They're kind of toying with her, all the bad guys, and they just mm-hmm. killed her like she was nothing. Looked her up, said she was sort of a jolly lady. Mm-hmm. Um. So I went in that direction with my casting. Why don't you go first? Because I've gone first. See, I played with prosthetics, the idea of prosthetics, but this actress, Florence Pugh. Okay. Love to see Florence Pugh first off in a Harry Potter. I didn't think about her for for anything and i should have because she is so good um well yeah so my pick was rebel wilson <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect too she'd be She's perfect. Gonna let me hang up here all day <laughs> Seven. that's what i mean when it's like okay this is the comedy central yeah. version of well, like, like, but at the same time what was she like you know like she might have been very Rebel Wilson when they were running around the halls of Hogwarts because she's supposed well, you know to be what? a person, you know. My version would be, and she even says, Severus, please, we've known each other for years. Like, of course, they have they went to school together, they taught at Hogwarts. I think it would, I think, I think you win that one. Rebel Wilson would be phenomenal. <laughs> Severus, you're gonna just leave me hanging here. Are you going to kill me no-nos or not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you love the sound of your own voice. Jeez. You got no-nos and too much lip. Just kill me already. And I, yeah, that, see, I could picture all that, like doing the banter, you know? Oh, yeah. That would be Wouldn't good. be very So, but, yeah. Um, I put Umbridge in the show, if I were to do it as a series. Yeah. And this was the girl that I looked up that I don't know how to pronounce her name. I don't. She's Irish. Uh, Sayoris Ronan. Sayorsi. Sayorse. <laughs> it's Irish. Oh, I've got, I got her. Okay. You got her? Oh, yep, yep, yep. She's beautiful. Hey, here's a picture of her with old uh, Chalamet right here. Yeah, they were in uh, Little Women together. Or did she was she in Ladybird? Ladybird. That's yep. what she is. She's Ladybird. Okay. Heck of an accent. Yep. Marlene McKinnon. I didn't include that person. So Marlene McKinnon um was mentioned in the Order of the Phoenix when Sirius is talking to Harry, he's showing him the old picture. And Marlene McKinnon, uh, brilliant witch, uh, great friend. Her and her entire family were killed two weeks after this picture was taken by the Death Eater 
Igor Kakarov. Mm, okay. So she was a big part of their Hogwarts years. Uh, she was a friend who ran around with Lily and eventually joined the Order of the Phoenix the first time. So I cast Karen Gillan because she's a redhead. And the way that Sirius kind of talked about her, I was like, I could see Karen Gillian being like this brash, you know, talented witch and dying in a fight with Death Eaters. So I did this because at one point before it just hit me that Sophie Turner, Karen Gillian was a, a lead to be my Lily. Because I kept thinking of her and I was like, oh, she's redhead. She'd be great. She'd be good. She could do it. And then it just hit me. I was like, oh, but Sophie Turner would be perfect. Speaking of redheads. I didn't give you my umbrage. Oh, yes. Umbrage. Who is your umbrage? This is going to be really, really, you never would have guessed this. Amy Adams. Ooh. Think about it for a second. Think about it. Her doing the sweet little, the little clear in the throat thing. Wearing the pink. For sure. You know, give her some makeup or whatever. Give Make her the accent. Pure a young accent. umbrage. Yeah. Oh, she'd be great. The Death Eaters. Let's talk about some Death Eaters. Severus okay. Snape. Obviously a huge part of the Marauders timeline. Him and Lily were yeah. best friends until James came along and ruined everything. Um, and would be a huge part of this story. This is where I deviate from the, the rules a little bit of European, which I said we could. Uh, my Severus Snape is Adam Driver. My Severus Snape is Adam Driver. <laughs> nice. I thought that was just too easy. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much cast himself as Kylo Ren, like when he's walking with he's that. Got his... the, he's <laughs> got the look. He's got the double voice. He could do it. Totally, he could do it. He'd be perfect. And he's done British before, so. He'd be great. Lucius Malfoy. Uh, I went with Bill Skarsgård. Pennywise the Clown. Ooh, that'd be good. This one was tough. I really pondered on that one for a long time. Um, but if I'm going for a younger one, then I'm going to go with Bill Skarsgård. Well, I went with a Targaryen. Harry Lloyd from the first season of Game of Thrones, Khaleesi's brother. Mm -hmm. He's got the face. Yeah. Already had the white hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's a dick. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, his pick. Targaryen role is pretty much Lucius in Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, you didn't include her on the list you gave me, but she's a Death Eater. I did Bellatrix for mine. I did too, um, but okay. I'm interested to to hear what you. Who's your Bellatrix? Millie Bobby Brown. I never thought about Millie. Wow, Millie would be good. I picked Katie McGrath. She is Lana Luther and Supergirl. Of course, Eva Green would be really good too. As Bellatrix. Okay. That's pretty. Yeah, I see. I see. Regulus Black. Okay. So, from 
my vision of, of this whole deal, there would be a whole uh, big storyline re- revolving around Regulus and him hiding the Horcrux and all yeah. that stuff. And I could see that whole thing playing out. And I thought that he should be like a rock star, like one of those, like just kind of like what I was trying to go with, with Tom Holland and yeah. James, like he just needs to just use cool, but like in a different way, like rock star cool. Yeah. Um and so I could for the longest time I just put rock star because I couldn't think of anybody that I thought really fit. And I was like, I don't know, maybe this could be like the Jared Leto part, you know. Eh, that's true. Or maybe Jared Leto. I'm I don't I'm not like super secure on that one. Yeah. It's just what I went with. See, that's where yeah. I put Timothy Chalamet. It was regular. Oh, okay. Cause I think him and Sheehan as that brother combo would be pretty cool. Mm, yeah but he also would be a good serious Chalamet would so um yeah I think he's got that brooding like mm-hmm. kind of thing going for him so I could see it yeah that's funny that we did actually, that we did that yeah <laughs> Chalamet's actually one of my front runners for either Terry McGinnis or Nightwing if they were to do a live action he'd have to bulk up quite a bit yeah. wouldn't he he would He'd have to bulk up. But I like him. I've seen him in uh, Dune and, and uh, the one about the end of the world with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, don't look, look up. up. I loved that. And he was in that. But other than that, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Except that he the next big thing or whatever. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you do Barty Crouch Jr.? I did. I'm intrigued. Because part yeah. of me to say, bring David Tennant back as a kid. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing, dude. Like, I couldn't think of anybody else. And, you know, I went with someone. I'm not, I don't like this pick at all. But I went with someone who's basically the same thing. Like, he's the same age and everything. But I chose Tom Hiddleston. So, yeah, Tom would be great. I didn't Tenet know what else to great. do. Tennant was already perfect in the small time he was in it. But uh, I cast Dane DeHaan. He's a goblin in Andrew Garfield's. Yep, I know you're talking about. That's a good pick. So I included in the Death Eaters two that I don't think I I accidentally didn't mention because we have to have Tom in there. Tom Riddle has to be in there. I got that. (laughs) Who did you cast? Either a young... Keanu Reeves with the same kind of swagger that he has now, or a young, very serious Christian Bale. Ooh. Like American Psycho Christian Bale. See, this one might have been too on my frontal lobe after seeing him in, in Eternals, but Barry Kilgan, who uh, he could control minds, he was in love mm-hmm. with Matari. My beautiful Macari. Yep. I don't love the casting, but I felt like I wanted to put him somewhere because he's he's naturally evil looking. Yeah. <laughs> and he's European. So it's like um I included Evan Razier too, just because Kakarov throws him under the bus during the interrogation. Yeah. And he was uh he and Bellatrix were who were involved with torturing the long bottoms so i picked iwan rayon 
and he the reason i picked him is because he had this just look about him he's in game of thrones game of thrones yeah yeah he was ramsey uh, ramsey yeah Mm -hmm. just because i he plays the character really well he did a really funny English sitcom with uh, Ian, Ian McKellen, McKellen and Derek Jacobson. I've seen it. I've seen like some episodes. I, I forget the it. name of it, but it's, it's really, really funny. Fun. He was on that. So that was what I knew him from. Do you want to hear another one of my Comedy Central picks that you probably didn't have on yours? Okay. I decided to have a Hagrid. You know, I did too. And Let's face it, there's no replacing, you know, Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid, but well, you go first. I picked Timothy Amundsen. Amundsen. He's in psych, supernatural. Uh when we were younger, he was the bad leprechaun in Luck of the Irish. <laughs> okay. My pick. But if you look at him now, Jack he's got like a long shit. Ooh. I would like to see Jack Black. And he'd do his little guitar. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> a long ass time ago in a town called Godric's Hollow. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, with that, uh, some order. I did include some of the Order of the Phoenix, some of the original. Obviously, you would bring back the Albus and the McGonagall from Fantastic Beast because it's like around the same time. Um, so Jude Law okay, so and Leonardo Scott. I, I got to just be up front. I didn't see the second uh, oh. Fantastic Beast. So I, I haven't seen the young McGonagall. But I did. I, I didn't cast another Dumbledore, but I did cast a new McGonagall. Okay. I had two picks. Okay. And I couldn't decide which one I liked better. First pick for uh, this part was Lady Gaga. Second one, I think this is the one I would want to go with. Keeping in mind that we're playing with time and everything. Judy Garland as McGonagall. Thinking about it, you know, Dorothy versus the Wicked Witch. Now when she's older, she plays a witch. But she's good, you know. Like that. Um, and this would be, you know, like right around the time when she died, but preferably when she was in a better state of mind. So yeah. I thought that would be a really nice, like if that were done today, I could see that pulling on all the heartstrings. You know? Oh, gosh, yes. I've always wanted to do that spell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I included uh, Aberforth. I casted Kit Harrington as Aberforth. Nice. Um, Good choice. I included a young Alistair Moody, Ian Glenn, or Glenn or Glenn, however you pronounce his name. Yeah. I also included Arabella Fig just because I wanted to put this person. She's a squib. She's the one who's yeah. like, you better put your wand away, Harry. So she's a squib who actually was around, just couldn't do magic. Like she knew that Potter's um, and some of the order, she was in the order, but she was just a squib. So she couldn't do magic, but she, 
you know, could be like a liaison. So I casted Claire Foy, who was the first queen in the crown, the first two seasons. Okay. It was phenomenal. FYI, the actress, I, I don't know her name, uh, from the real movies who played that role, she plays the witches in Macbeth, the Denzel Washington Macbeth. Have Good you heard one. about this? The one on Apple TV, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays all three witches. Really? It's really interesting. And like they take it to like this weird, it's a very physical role, you know? Yeah. Um, just I highly recommend. I haven't watched the whole thing, just to be honest, but um, I've seen like the first half. Really good stuff. And just, and also on the top of Harry Potter, uh, Dudley is in this as well, in Macbeth. Yeah. Really? Harry Mellings, something like that. Yeah. That's his name. Uh, but he, yeah. Who is he? And Moody, Moody's in it. I can't remember who all they were. Wow. But it's a star studded cast. Yeah. Check it out. It's all in black and white, right? Yes. Cool. Cool. I also included Benji Fenwick, who is mentioned quite a bit. He's in the picture of the order um, that they talk about, and Sirius even mentions him. And I casted Kevin McKidd. He's in Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Dr. Owen Hunt. He also does one of the voices in uh, of uh, in Vice City, the rock band you have to help. Oh, uh, He's yeah. the one who's... Uh, that's not vodka. That's Boom Shane. <laughs> I remember. Love Fist. <laughs> I didn't include any of those guys. That's all right. That's all right. Did you have any more students? No, but I did you have a Frank Longbottom? I did. I did. He's in the in the order. He is. Who's so, your... uh, Martin Freeman. Oh, I didn't think about it. Oh. I casted Jim Sturgis. I know that name. From Across the Universe. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good choice. It looks like Neville. But God, Marty Freeman would be so good. He would perform the, if you got to see the torture. Ugh. Oof. I also casted his girlfriend at the time turned wife. Alice Fortes, for her maiden name, I can't pronounce. Uh, Carrie Milligan. Okay. Just because I thought she had a look of her comparing her to the picture. You're not given much about Alice, uh, just the picture of her standing beside Frank and that they're both tortured. I'm looking at her picture here. What is she from? Uh, Gatsby? Yeah, she was the lead girl. I believe in Gatsby. I think she'd be good as Alice. I'd like to see some. Plus, like doing this whole Dreamcast, we're banking on like mentioning these star-studded. We're banking on good quality scenes with every one of these characters. So, like everybody's getting little story arcs and and you know moments and stuff like that, uh, which Harry Potter is good at. I've only got two left that we haven't mentioned. Okay, you you let's do these two then. That means I have two extras that. So I've got a uh, Gilderoy Lockhart and a Kingsley. I do too. Okay, so who's your Kingsley? 
<laughs> I went with either Sam Jackson or Michael Clark Duncan. Mm. I went with John Boyega. I went new. Oh, good choice. Very good choice. Because he's already British, and I just went through the Star Wars universe with mom. So it's like yeah. in my mind. I kind of forgot about him. That would have been a great choice, especially considering he's so young. Uh, Lockhart. Because he's one of your favorites. Lockhart, one of my favorites. Um, I'm proud of this one. You've used this one already, but I really like this choice uh, for him a lot better. Andrew Garfield. For Gilderoy. I'm thinking about, like, you saw Tick, Tick, Boom, right? Did. He had the hair, the crazy hair throughout the whole thing. And I can just see him being all, you know, spastic and, you know, la da 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 as Gilderoy Lockhart and flopping the hair around and all that good stuff. Um, so I haven't seen this person play a role like Gilderoy. He's already pl- always played serious stuff. He's from Game of Thrones. It's Alfie Allen. It's the redemption. Dion Greyjoy. Greyjoy, yeah. Um, he gets a big redemption arc in the end and killed by the Night King. Just because the physicality. Like, he looks to me like a young Gilderoy Lockhart. He's got the hair, the kind of same face, but I don't know if he could play it. Like I said, only thing I've ever seen him in is Game of Thrones. And I think one other British movie that I watched with mom where he played like a a, a bad guy, like he was just like a henchman. And it was pretty much kind of the same. So I don't know if he could play just like that. Ooh, ah, you know, but I love the thought of Garfield playing him. It would be fantastic. Especially like if you could get little snippets of him doing learning the charms that he later uses. And then being terrible at it. (laughs) Being terrible at it. Um, So I included Andromeda Tonks, who is uh, Nymphadora's mom. Uh, Kira Knight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Dorcas Meadows, who had a... <laughs> what an unfortunate name. <laughs> no, who had Dorcas. a small relationship with Sirius uh, during the during the during these years. And I casted Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones. She was uh, Masande. Oh, yeah. But if you look oh, up... Oh, like, yeah. You look up, like... She's... From the book, and she like, was like Danny's, uh, yeah. like mate, yeah, the whole time, and her interpreter, uh, up through the end, right? Yeah, oh, I love her. She's and if you look up Dorcas Meadows, she looks like her. like an old, I think that she has, uh, that actress has like a really thick, like Cockney accent, yeah. Yeah. like my fair lady level. And then her character was very proper, you know, it's kind of funny. In real life, she's like, you want a flower, Khaleesi? You want a flower? Oi, what's wrong with the way I talk? Oi, get your dragon out here, lady. Well, that was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Now I want to do it. Let's produce this thing. Hey, let's let's just, you know, raise, you know, about 50 million and um, we'll make it happen. It's probably re- more than that, actually. Yeah. With re- this star-studded cast, we're going to need a budget of about $3 billion. Yeah. <laughs> but it would make... Millie Bobby Brown ain't working for, for, for uh, you know, chump change after playing 11 all these years. 
I think I got some. And Tom Holland's got Spider-Man money, so. <laughs> but I think we could crowdfund this thing. <laughs> One thousand percent we could crowdfund it. You're right about yeah, that. Thank you. All news. One dollar. It would make killer money. We can, we can play that that same Sarah McLaughlin song just like on those commercials in the arms of the angels. And just give like, like we're just pouting, you know, making the big eyes for just one dollar a day. Show. Make this nerd dream come true. We're trying to make a show. Won't you, won't you please help us cast Sophie Turner as Lilia? <laughs> With but your I was, help, Rebel Wilson will be on set. <laughs> well, I think that this is a keeper. And I think that we should do something like this again sometime. Another universe of some kind. Yes. We do a lot of superhero stuff. So I don't we, know what else. Maybe Star Wars. We can do like a young Star Wars cast or something. Yeah, but like what? That we haven't. We've got young Han cast. And we got a definite young Leia. Yeah. So and obviously right. Sebastian Stan would be Luke. Yeah. Too easy. Too easy. What am I thinking? And I don't want to do Lord of the Rings. No, I couldn't do that, I don't think. Because we're already about to get young Elrond and young Galadriel in the Prime series. Yeah. Or maybe we can, instead of doing universes, just do movies like, uh, you know, what if The Princess Bride were done under our watch? Okay, there's a good idea. Let's do you know, it that way. It doesn't exist. You guys are casting it. Plucking from the timeline. Own it. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> hey, man. Does anybody want a peanut? It's really good. <laughs> well, thank you, nerds, for tuning in. This has been fun. We definitely will be doing another Dreamcast soon. Uh, the last episode of February, we are going to be celebrating the things that we believe get overlooked ever since the birth of the MCU. We're going to be talking about the days before the MCU. We're talking oh, Daredevil, yeah. we're talking Ghost Rider, and we're talking The Punisher. Those three specifically. Time. It was the easier time. Before there were so many expectations on superhero movies, mm -hmm. before we knew any better, before we knew what was to come, people, mm -hmm. when this was all we had. So we're going to take you back. <laughs> Is it really that bad? Is it as bad as we all remember? Let's find out together. I don't we? think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I've got a head start here and I've been working on Daredevil. And that seems to get like the most hate out of all of them. I don't know. Ghost Rider gets a lot of hate. So, but, uh, you know, so far in Daredevil, like, I don't understand. Yeah. Does it live up to stuff today? No, not so much. But, you know, is it really that bad? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so, guys. Yeah, but we'll definitely be checking in on that. If you have your, your qualms. A great way to let us know what your qualms are with those is by going to speakpipe.com slash 30 and nerdy pod. Leave us a little voicemail. We'll play it during the episode. Just keep it clean because we do have nerdlings that listen to this show. Uh, so time to time. we will play it in the episode. Let us know your thoughts. Do you actually still like send your hate tweets to at nerdy JD one? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where all the hate tweets go. 
That's where I send my hate tweets. Uh, but thank you, nerds. Juice, you have a great week. And we will Let's see you, to you buddy. on the flippity flip when we're talking about the days before the MCU. Can't wait. And as always, stay classy, stay kind to each other, and stay kind to yourself. Cheers to you, nerds. Adios. Mischief managed. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions. Encore Theatrical Company. Tennessee Legend Distillery. And the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is a bad cast company production. Founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding... 30 and Nerdy Podcast, along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod. Or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you, nerds. I don't have